Hey guys, and welcome into Water Down Sports here for episode two. Today we're going to be talking about golf, specifically about the U.S. Open that starts today, as well as the Live and the PGA Tour and the, the merger that's supposed to be coming at the end of the 2023 season. So we'll take a look at the PGA Tour and what it looks like right now, the Live Tour, what it looks like right now, and then possibly what it may look like after the 2023 season. Um, the merger was announced last Tuesday. Uh, at the RBC Canadian Open, and a lot of different opinions and voices were heard. Uh, obviously, some people are all for the merger, uh, some people not so much. So we'll get into that, talking about what's next for uh, the PGA Tour. But before we do that, I want to give a shout out to the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, two nights ago, uh, Tuesday night, they won their first Stanley Cup final in franchise history. Now, granted, their franchise is only six years old. They were an expansion team uh, starting back in 2017. Uh, and also in that same year, 2017, their very first year, they uh, went to the Stanley Cup playoff and made it to the Stanley Cup final um, and lost to the Washington Capitals in a five-game series. Um, so they made it back this year, and they actually won it all. So congrats to them. The biggest thing that most people were thinking when the franchise was first announced um, is that Las Vegas, can they really – host uh, a hockey team and so a lot of doubt was kind of there at the very beginning but obviously the Las Vegas fans showed out for the past six years and was able to bring uh, help the team bring a championship so congrats to the Las Vegas Golden Knights the team looks very poised and built for the long haul so excited to see what the next couple of seasons look like for those guys but without further ado let's kind of go ahead and jump right on in into this live and PGA Tour debacle if you will um First of all, we'll talk about the PGA Tour. Uh, the PGA Tour is a, a tour that hosts professional golf players, and these are the best in the world. Um, you have the DP World Tour. Uh, also, maybe some people may know it as the European Tour, um, and they kind of go hand in hand. Some players from the PGA Tour will step over to the DP World Tour every now and then and play a tournament. Uh, specifically, like I know Rory uh, loves to go play in Dubai when that one happens. So they kind of can go back and forth. But for the most part, most of the best golfers in the world are going to stick specifically to the PGA Tour. So what happens is when you get on the tour, you're actually competing for something called FedEx points. And there are 47 official tournaments that happen that can get you FedEx points during the season. And so golfers will, um, obviously their goal is to win the tournament. Um, but what they'll do is um, they're trying to make the cut and get those FedEx points by the, the end of the tournament. And the more FedEx points you have, obviously, the more advantageous that it will be at the very end of the season. Um, so what the tour does is the last three tournaments in the season – those are your playoff tournaments, if you will. Uh, and then what they do is after the first term tournament, they narrow down the field to like the top 70. And after the second tournament, they narrow, narrow it down to the top 30 uh, or 25, I think, this year for that final tournament. And then once that uh, tournament happens, then you crown a FedEx Cup uh, champion. So very, very much advantageous for you to play your best and gain all those uh, FedEx Cup points that you possibly can get just because um, it's going to help you in the long run. Um, the PGA Tour is set up in four rounds. So you start Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So they have four rounds. You play 72 total holes. Or let's re rephrase that. That's your hope. Um, at the end of Friday, you have something called a cut. And what that means is that if you have 125 golfers, you're going to cut that field in half. 
And so that means by the end of Friday, you may only have about 55 to 60 golfers left. And it's very important to make the cut for two reasons. The first reason is you get paid. If you make the cut, you're going to get a chunk of the piece of pie that's going to be uh, coming from the tournament. And you're going to be able to pay your caddy, your living expenses, your um, your travel expenses. So all of that's very important, obviously, to these golfers because let's be real, this is their actual job. Um, and the second thing is what we just mentioned is if you make the cut, you're going to get some uh, FedEx cut points. Um, and even if you finish dead last from the people that made the cut, you're going to get some little something from uh, FedEx cut points, which may help you at the very end of the, the season. So every little bit counts. Um, if you don't make the cut and you end up being sent home, obviously you get none of that. You don't get any FedEx cut points and you don't get any money. So you kind of showed up and paid for everything and uh, end up getting nothing in return. So it's a big deal uh, for these guys to make the cut every week. Again, there are 47 tournaments, so a lot of opportunities for these professional golfers to get points and get money. But at the same time, I mean, golf is a very, very lonely sport. It's just you and your caddy out there on the um, on the, the course. And not to mention that the caddy's out there helping you kind of decide what shot to hit or what club to take. But at the end of the day, you're responsible for, for you. So, you know, we can, I can hit an eight iron comfortably if that's what we, uh, that's what me and my caddy uh, say that's, that's best for this stroke. But if I'm hitting it way left or way right, I mean, obviously the caddy can't do anything about that. So golf again comes back to that. It's just me against the course, me against myself. Um, and which is why I love it so much is because it's such a sport in which you are trying to attack your mental side. You're trying to attack the physical course. Um, so it ends up being pretty grueling for these players as they go through um, 47 total tournaments. And again, they don't have to play all of them. They get to pick and choose kind of which ones they want to go to. Um, but there are obviously ample amount of um, opportunity for them to gain these FedEx Cup, FedEx Cup points and um, their money. So four rounds. 72 holes, uh, there is a cut, and then obviously we talked about how there are playoffs in the very the very end. One thing to note is that there are one or two playoff or one or two tournaments that will happen that are team related. So you and another golfer uh, will team up, and then y'all will take y'all's total cumulative st score at the end of those 72 holes. Um, but there aren't many team events at all on the tour. It's just uh, you competing against everyone else. So something to note as we will transition over to the live tour if here here in just a second. The only big complaint that the PGA Tour has really received. Um, is players asking for more money in some of these tournaments. Uh, these players are saying, hey, you know, we're not getting paid enough. Now, I would say $2.5 million is plenty enough for me to win a golf tournament, but I'm obviously not out there golfing for a job. So the, the real big pushback is just more money that they want to see at some of these tournaments. And the PGA Tour has done their best to start increasing pay on some of their bigger tournaments um, and trying to get these guys a little bit more of a buyout or a payout uh, when they win or, you know, place in the top three to top 10. So not really anything other than that. It's been pretty smooth as far as um, how players kind of perceive the tour. However, the Live Golf Tour is something that has now come up. Um, and the, the founder and CEO is Greg Norman. Um, he is a Australian golfer uh, that played on the PGA Tour back in the 1970s all the way to about the 1990s. Um, and he's come up with this tour that basically rivals the PGA Tour in every way, shape, or form. Obviously, the biggest selling point is that of uh, the money value. So the players that have joined the Live Tour uh, are doing it specifically because 
they're getting paid more money to do the exact same thing that they were doing on the PGA Tour. No, we just talked earlier how the PGA Tour, the complaints that they were having is that they're not getting paid enough, right? And that also when you're thinking about cuts, um, if you can't make a cut for, you know, two, three weeks in a row because honest to goodness, you know, ebbs and flows of life, ebbs and flows of cough, there are going to be times where you can't make a cut for two or three weeks. You're just not on, right? Well, that in Live Golf kind of takes that away. You get this guaranteed money that Live Golf has promised these players in which, yeah, you're going to go out for eight tournaments. You're going to play golf. And at the end of it, win, lose, be coming last, it doesn't matter. You're, you're still getting that guaranteed money. And anything that you do on top of that is just extra incentive. So, you get this guaranteed money and then you get to go out and play a tournament. And if you win it individually or you win it as a team, that's just extra money on top of that. And that's kind of been the selling point for Mr. Norman to get these players over. And some of these players consist of Phil Mickelson, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Sergio Garcia, Patrick Reed. I mean, we have some big names in here, some big names that have actually put on green jackets um, and, they're they're they've kind of switched over to the live tour and again it comes back to money and we know that money talks um and brooks has even talked about how um he was in a slump and if i can get guaranteed money to know that i can put my family in a safe place and a comfortable position then heck yeah i'm gonna do it and the 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 complaint here though of course is the first question we have is well why wouldn't everybody do it well that complaint comes in as why as to why um, all these players are doing it. And first of all, the uh, Live Golf is financed through the Public Investment Fund, which is basically the wealth fund of Saudi Arabia. Well, Saudi Arabia has a lot of human rights things that are, are going on over there. And one of the biggest ones is there's women that still are being are being discriminated. Um, there are government kind of sanctioned disappearances where people are kind of speaking out and then they kind of come up missing. So those are big issues that are happening over there and that's these are the same people are that are backing the live tour so that's kind of been the big moral um friction that that people have had with it so rory mcelroy who is kind of the spokesperson for the pga tour with tiger woods along with john rom some others that have kind of spoken out against it it's kind of that that's the biggest thing here is you're hurting the game of golf you're hurting the face of golf the the longevity of golf what it looks like in the future by going and playing for a tournament like live um live is backed by these people and how can you turn the blind eye to that? Like, yeah, you're going to make more money, but are you also going to just take your morals and, and kind of and reduce them to what these guys believe in or what these guys are doing over there? And of course, I'm not saying that any of these players that are on the live tour uh, believe in, in what's happening over there or condoning what's happening. However, it's kind of hard not to put those politics and golf kind of in the same boat when it, it's very much, you're very much aware of what's happening over there, yet you still kind of sign on and take that bonus to go play for something like live golf. So that's kind of the moral, uh, the moral friction that they're having uh, with it on top of uh, a lot of people are saying that live golf is not actual real golf. <laughs> um, PGA tour, 72 holes, four rounds. And we're going to talk a little about what live looks like and live is actually only 54 holes. Uh, so everyone, only plays 54 holes. You don't play an extra, uh, you don't play day four. You don't play another 18 like uh, the PGA Tour does. Also, there are no cuts. So since you have this guaranteed money, you have to be at these tournaments. So they have like eight tournaments right now in their season. You have to show up. However, it's only eight times out of the year. Whereas 
Uh, some people, obviously, if you're not making cuts in the PGA, you got to show up almost every week to see if you can get uh, some some money or some some FedEx Cup points. But not in the case here in Live, since you have that guaranteed money, um, you're going to get paid. You're already been pay being paid. Uh, now you're just showing up to see if you can get extra incentive pay uh, winning the tournament. Um, also, there's a team as team aspect of it uh, that's not there in the PGA Tour. So, for instance, everyone's playing by themselves. They're representing themselves, but they're also representing a team. So you can win individually, and then you can also win as a team. So both of those have uh, payouts. So I may be first overall on the leaderboard. I'm going to get a cut for that. And then if my team also wins, we have the lowest cumulative score out of all the other teams, then we're also going to get another bit of pay. So a lot of incentive pay on the Live Golf Tour that's not um, on the PGA Tour. And, again, this is all wrapped around money. And everyone's so money hungry. What can we do to get more money? And uh, this is kind of what Craig Norman thinks is the answer right now. Um, also, the fast-paced play comes from everyone. They call it a kind of a shotgun start. Everyone starts on a hole on the golf course. So everyone starts at the same time, and they're going to roughly end at the same time. So uh, in golf, we know there are 18 holes. Traditionally, you're either going to play 1 through 18, or you may start on 10, and then you'll work your way back. Uh, to end on number nine, sometimes on those Thursdays and Fridays where the course is really packed uh, on the PGA Tour. Whereas the Live Tour, you may start on pole three, and you're going to play all the way through uh, the 18, and then when you get done with 18, you'll go play hole number one and two, and that's what your 18 is going to look like. So again, everyone's going to start and end roughly at the same time, and that kind of is that fast-paced golf that Greg Norman was alluding to of like, hey, it's in your face. It's always you're always going to see golfers on the course. Um, sometimes on the PGA Tour. You get there during the day, and you're like, man, Rory doesn't tee off till 2.30, but I've been here since 9 a.m. Man, I really want to see him, and then I want to follow him all day. So it's an all-day event. Uh, I think I guess Greg Norman is trying to get it to where um, people can, can enjoy seeing their golfer and kind of all in a day's work. So, yeah, that's kind of what the Live Tour looks like. And, again, the, the, the merge that's coming um, kind of was a bombshell that was dropped on – uh, both parties uh, last Tuesday, as I spoke earlier, at the RBC Canadian Open, uh, Rory being the face of the PGA, kind of being the, the having that hat of talking and representing the PGA players. Um, he didn't even know anything about it. He woke up Tuesday morning at like 630. It was reported and he had a text of like, hey, let me call you right quick. Uh, I need to speak to you about what's about to happen. Um, and of course, you got to feel for Rory when You've kind of gone up to bat for the PGA Tour uh, and their morals and where they stand and how, hey, we're not going to support something that's happening over there on the Live Tour. And now it kind of seems like they're just kind of um, bow down and, and turn the other cheek and kind of work with these guys now. And, of course, Rory seems uh, pretty upset. He says he felt like a sacrificial lamb. Um, and, of course, how could you not? You know, you rep you're representing um, this company and this tour, and then they turn around and say, yeah, but – Let's go ahead and lay in bed with them, basically. And so that just, that's a little uh, frustrating. I can, I can uh, understand. Uh, Greg Norman didn't even know either. Uh, they kind of called him and told him the same thing. Uh, but Greg Norman actually is saying that the Live Tour is actually still going to be its own entity. So what I'm thinking is they're going to take some of these Live Tour players that are um, – on their on their tour and they're going to try to kind of get them to come back over to the PGA tour get them back into their membership uh, and be able to play with the PGA tour but I think the PGA tour is still going to say you can't do both so I don't know how this is really going to work um, obviously the the end goal for like players like Rory and John Rahm is to basically starve the live golf uh, tour make sure that 
um, get people off of it. And if we're going to merge, okay, let's merge, but we're not going to stand still for, for what's happening over there. So there's been no set format uh, for what this new merger is going to look like. Um, I would assume that you're going to have more uh, team events. There are going to be some tournaments that are specifically team related, kind of how their lives already doing. Um, some people are saying it's a win-win. I mean, Rory, yeah, you're not, you're not wanting to support what's going on over there, but your pay bump's going to increase. Uh, so how could we really complain? Um, and he's even said that he thinks it's good for the, the golf, the, the golf, the game of golf and how, uh, for the next generation is going to be set up uh, for them. But again, it, it's a lot of different the viewpoints in, in which they think, Hey, it, it's not really going to work or we're going to try to make it work. And, uh, Phil and Rory have had their fair share of, of, of bickering back and forth. No love lost there for sure. Um, one thing I want to mention too, is I hate to, to see that the media is just is making this big deal about how it's live versus PGA tour. And obviously I'm sitting here talking about how it seems to be that way. But when you stop and talk to people like Justin Thomas and, and Brooks Kepka and um, was it Dustin Johnson and, and these guys that are representing each of their, their t- tours. Um, but when they're on the golf course together, they, they seem like, you know, everything's fine. I mean, Brooks have talked about uh, them practicing in Jupiter, Florida with Rory and Justin and how they're just talking about life, hanging out and enjoying each other's company. So I think the media is really taking this thing and they've really twisted the knife to, to make it seem like it's us versus them. When our reality, it's, you know, us versus, I guess, the morals versus morals and, and what we think is, is good and what we think is appropriate. Because at the end of the day, both of the either of these tours, they're getting paid to the to do the exact same thing they're just golfers at the end of the day so um i think media is just really trying to get us to to buy into the whole they don't like each other and i don't think that's the complete truth now again rory and milton phil i don't think actually like each other um but for the most part most of these guys are getting along um and kind of seeing past what which which each of who each of them are getting paid from so but yeah that's the uh the tour that's the merger kind of what we know so far we don't really know a lot um i expect in the next month or two that we'll have some more information coming out and of course we'll be updating you with that watering it down so it makes sense um but yeah by the by the start of next year january like the second weekend in january is when excuse me is when the um the tour starts so um, I guess by then we, we will have some kind of idea of, of what this is going to look like and ready to roll um, in 2024. Uh, but moving on from that, we have the U.S. Open that's coming up, uh, or it starts today, actually. It starts at the Los Angeles Country Club. It's the first time it's ever been uh, held here. And uh, apparently it's known for, it's got a lot of bunkers, uh, it's protected really well, uh, but apparently some wide fairways for these guys to find. Uh, Some people have reported that it's definitely a second shot kind of course where you're, when you get to that second shot, you really got to know where you want to put it. Um, It's amazing that golfers at this level are playing for their miss. So, hey, I'm going to hit this ball and if I miss it, I'm still going to, if I miss hit it, if I I know my miss is going to be a pull left, I'm still going to be okay. Um, whereas, you know, us amateurs we're on the golf course, we're like, let's just go flag hunting and hit it right at the flag. Um, not the case in this scenario. They know, um, the course up and down and, and been out there taking practice rounds. So, um, I have a favorite that I personally enjoy. Uh, I enjoy watching uh, Victor Hovland. Uh, he represents Norway. He actually won the Memorial Golf Tournament, which is Jack Nicholas's tournament that he puts on in Ohio. He uh, won that about three weeks, uh, three weeks ago. Um, and I just love Victor for the, the player he is. 
Um, he has that never quit attitude. Uh, and he like sneakily gets up on the leaderboard. Uh, he'll start maybe 20th that day and you're kind of paying attention to the big names on the leaderboard. And by the end of the round, you're all, all of a sudden like, oh my goodness, Victor's already crawled into fifth place. I um, mean, he does it so quietly, um, but I just enjoy his get after it attitude. Um, don't ever count him out. I do remember at the Masters, maybe around two or three, he um, on the first hole, right? So he's kind of at the top of the leaderboard. And on the first hole, he, his second shot goes over the green by a little bit. He's probably got a 10 to 15 yards chip shot back to the hole, but he ends up scorching it past the hole. So now he's got a 50-foot putt um, to say par. And so obviously when a putt's that long, you're looking, hey, let's just kind of cut our losses and let's kind of take it for what it is. We'll try to make a two putt here and get out with a bogey and, and move on. But sure enough, I mean, he looked over the, the putt two to three times and made sure he had his line right and kind of knew where it was going to break. And he ended up sinking it. And, you know, that's a that's a big deal on hole number one. And again, that kind of just speaks to who he is as a player that, you know, he doesn't count himself out just because he's in a tough situation. He has a tough chip shot. He has a tough putt. He has a, a tough lie. So I really love that about him. Um, so I'll be uh, cheering him on. Um, obviously, he won three weeks ago, so hoping to carry that momentum um, into Los Angeles uh, this week. Uh, the guy that I think is going to win just because he's on a tear, uh, just because analytics says that he should win, uh, that's that's going to be John Rahm, uh, the Spaniard. I really I, I love watching John Rahm play as well. I mean, we all know Scotty Scheffler can can roll the ball. He can he can put the ball down there 350 yards, but John Rahm is just Kind of in the same way of um, Victor, uh, he'll he'll be shots back, and then he just keeps chugging along. You're right. He keeps making the pars when he needs to make it. He knows where. Hey, if I'm going to miss on this hole, I know where to miss, but I'm not going to put myself in a position in which I, I'm going to make a bogey or double bogey on this hole. Um, and he also has that fire inside of him. I love when he gets fired up, uh, and which is awesome because in the game of golf, sometimes it seems almost taboo for you to yell or scream or get excited because course we need you quiet when people are putting and the golf claps and the the tee box has to be quiet right so it's fun to see when John Rahm gets fired up uh, I really enjoy the way he plays the game and he already has five wins on the tour this season so we'll see kind of where that goes at the end of this week but analytics says that uh, this is a course that uh, should play pretty well to him uh, there are two other guys I, I need to mention that that have familiarity with the, the course one be a Max Homa He's the hometown kid this week. He's from L.A. Uh, he's playing, obviously, this weekend in the field. And he actually shot the course record of 61 when he was back in college. He played for Cal. Um, he shot a 61 in, uh, in the Pac-12 championship. And he, uh, uh, you know, he's someone to look out for. He's a great competitor as well. Um, didn't pick him, though. I just think there's some other players out there that have a, a, a better chance. Now, again, not saying that Homa is not, not the good pick here. Uh, he does know the course very well, um, so that may prove to be advantageous, and we'll see that. Uh, and then Patrick Cantlay would be my other golfer that I'm going to mention. He uh, played at UCLA, so he too also got to play on the course a little bit. So both of these guys are going to know going to know the course maybe a little better than uh, some of the others since it's the first time that it's being played on for the uh, U.S. Open, and uh, that may prove to be advantageous or, or not. But um, my picks are, are Victor and, and John Rahm, so we'll see where that goes. Um, but yeah, the U.S. Open. Make sure y'all tune in. Uh, it's gonna be gonna be later. Obviously, it's on the West Coast, so uh, we'll be able to tune in prime time. Hopefully, on Sunday and, and see who who brings home um, the third major uh, of this season. So make sure y'all tune into that. 
uh, that is all I have for you guys. Uh, it's been awesome talking about golf, talking about the Live Tour, PGA Tour, what that's going to look like. Um, I'm a golf fan myself. I'm actually going to go out today and, and play around, so we'll, we'll see if I can take the uh, the John Rahm and the Victor Hovland approach. But uh, I thank you all for joining along. I'm happy to, to have you on for Episode 2. Uh, be ready for Episode 3. That will be coming out. Um, and, again, thank you all for listening.